When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, featuring Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith while building a thriving business that honors Him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast brought to you by the Influence Alliance, which is the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business while make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. And I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says your workplace is your mission field. And in that mission field, you, me, we may be the only Jesus, our co-workers, our employees, our bosses may ever meet. That job you hold, the work you do, and the people that you work with, none of that is by chance. And the people that you work with need to meet Jesus and you may be their only chance. Joining me on today's show is Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Jim and Martha are a ministry that is dedicated to the faith and work movement where the aim is to change the way Christ followers think about connections between faith and work. They're dedicated to strategic connections and unparalleled collaboration. And on today's show, they are going to talk about our work matters to God. We are not second-class citizens in the kingdom because we are businessmen and women, as well as we are in full-time ministry in the marketplace. So welcome, Jim and Martha. Oh, thanks, Anne-Marie. Thank you so much for having us. And of course, you are in the US and I have just been interviewed on your incredible podcast. So I'd love for you to share more about that network in a moment. And as we, so uh, we, we laughed and we said, you know, I'm in your future, you're in my past. So we're going to meet somewhere in the middle and uh, praise the Lord as we're, we're doing that. So, you know, when I introduced you and I was looking over the show notes yesterday, uh, Talking about uh, business being ministry, to us, that is quite normal. And so to read it again, to, to even think that some people can't put the two together, that being in business or in the workplace is an aspect of ministry, to me was, again, just reminded me that there are some people that still think that. What about in the US? Are they starting to see that ministry can be in the marketplace too? How are, how are they faring? You know, the faith and work movement in the United States is about 40 years old. We're in 40 years of conversations about connecting your faith and your work. But even after all of these years, there's still just one or two percent that have been impacted by that message. And I'm talking business owners and leaders, maybe one or two percent. The majority of everyday workers, they never get told this stuff because you're not hearing this. Okay, when I say never, I mean almost never. So we're saying 95, 96 percent of the churches never talk about the fact that our work matters to God. That those conversations don't happen. A hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent of the churches never tell people that Jesus was a small business owner. Mm. Uh, never, 110% of them also don't talk about the fact that Abraham's corporation was so big, he had to have 300 armed guards. So this connection of faith and work is a relatively 
unknown conversation. I can't tell you, Martha and I can't tell you. We've traveled across the country. We travel 20 to 50,000 miles a year last year, of course, a little less. Talking to Christ followers about living out their faith in the work. And so many of them have said, you know what? I just thought I should quit my job and go get a job that matters and go work in a church or a Christian nonprofit. I, I just want my work to matter. You know, it's incredible that you said, I just want my, my work to matter. I mean, to me, it's just to, to know or to now understand from you just sharing this, Jim and Martha, that there are some people who are in a workplace that don't realize and recognize just how impactful uh, they are and can continue to be. Because as we said in the introduction, you are not there on, you know, by accident that you're there for a purpose. What would you say to someone that's listening today and, you know, said, Jim, I've never heard this before. Um, and I've felt um, somewhat unfulfilled because I didn't really see that where I am placed is actually on purpose and I can make, you know, make such an impact for the Lord. What would you say? No, I was going to let Martha talk this time, but I'll let, her, I'll let her follow up to my answer. Okay. So here's what I would say. I said, listen, do you read your Bible? Because here's what I find of, of Christians in the United States of America, very few of them actually know their Bible. I mean, have read it multiple times from cover to cover. Because those that do understand that Jesus talked from the marketplace to the marketplace, that Paul was a business guy using his platform as a tent maker to communicate the gospel. And, and that when people think, well, I want my work to matter, I, I want to get a job that really matters. They need to see, they have to have a paradigm shift in their mind to recognize the fact that God has them placed right in the center of where lost people are. You know, before COVID in the United States, still 30% of the population went to church. Now, after COVID, it's less than 20%. So where are they going? Well, there's 10 million that still haven't gone back to work yet, but the other ones that have gone back are at work or they're in their, you know, retired. Like we live in Florida, which is full of retirees. They're out and about. That's where we need to be. And so I just tell them, God's got you right in the center of a, of a field of lost and hopeless people who desperately need answers. And today, in 2021, people are lost and hopeless and full of fear. Mm-hmm. And, and we need to bring that solution to them. Yeah, so one of the things I kind of look on the flip side of that and say, okay, so now let's take this opportunity and read the Bible through that lens read the Bible looking for what did God, what message does he have for us in light of what we do day to day, you know, do everything unto the Lord. Those are, you know, there's some verses that we always connect to our work, but there's so many verses that just in the everyday apply and can really give um, give wings to what we're do- why we get up every morning because mm-hmm. God created you with a different set of gifts, talents, and abilities than He created me for. And even in today, where you may not be employed in your sweet spot, even then, your work matters. Mm-hmm. Even when you're struggling because it's not in the pay that you wanted or it's not in the industry that you wanted but you have a job and God is providing for you in such a way. But look at it through, look at the scripture through that lens as you read um, different passages and see how, how God applies that in our life. And it really does give um, us a whole better perspective on the fact that our work matters no matter what we're doing. 
Mm. And when you think about what's happened uh, around the world over the last you know, 18 months, nearly two years, where a lot of the churches were closed down because they just could not have uh, people gathering here in Melbourne, Australia, we're still not yet at that uh, opening up. And so many more churches, if you will, have gone online, which is where the business owners have been for years, decades, you know, online sharing their message. So we've got the platforms to be able to really make an impact uh, in a much bigger way as as well. I'd love to, to, to both of you to speak into this as well. You know, the conversations that I've had with a number of different businesses, whilst they are owned by Christian business owners, some of them have said we openly talk about faith and Christ and praying in our workplace. Others have said it's been more overt. Is it overt or covert? But anyway, more um, privately. And so their actions will speak louder than words, but they may not openly uh, share their faith. What can you share about um, coming up with the, the right fit for you? How does that show up in, in your business and the work that you're doing? Help navigate through that, please. Well, you know, it's funny because we've kind of heard this coined phrase over the years where there are people that um, their their language is through a stained glass. So we think of churches having stained glass windows. And so there are some people that do it with a very stained glass approach where they, they put the Bible verse on the back of their business card and it's on their website. And, and, and they re- very authentically are just proclaiming you know, that they, they believe in Jesus Christ and whatever those, maybe it's their core values and things like that. There are other people that choose what we call a plain glass approach where they're not putting the Bible verse out there, but they're saying, we're going to love our employees. We're going to have integrity in our bookkeeping. We are going to honor all that, you know, whatever it is that we're doing in such a way that Ultimately, it's giving honor to God, but it may just be that you're helping to flourish. You're helping, you know, to provide something that the world needs in such a way that it um, just raises up and it and it causes people to know there is something different about that business or that organization. So the but is, but you still need to tell people why, because I've met good people, quote unquote, good people. I've met nice people who do good things who don't know Jesus. And so you can do all those things, but eventually you got to dot the I's across the T's for people. You need to let people know, this is why I'm doing this. So I'm not much for the, I mean, I'm all for everything that we do, whether I am sweeping the floors or washing and waxing a car or running a multi-billion dollar corporation that everything I do should be done with excellence. I should be number one employee in my position. Everybody should be going, wow, that's a high standard but they need to know why I'm doing it to bring glory to God and to be able to have the opportunity and the platform for when I do share my faith and how Jesus has revolutionized my life, that people will listen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then Jim, do you openly talk about that then? What would you say then to someone? I mean, um, what, what might might that play out? One of the things that we both said uh, in a previous conversation before we went live was that you prayed for someone. You asked if you could pray for someone and share that story because the impact that it had on them was quite significant and something that we get to experience every day, don't we, as Christians and praying to, to the Lord? Well, so let me let me just explain. So one of the things that in 2006, is, that was I was 40 years old and it was the very first time I'd ever heard that my work mattered to God. I'd been a believer for 27 years and I kept thinking I needed to quit my job, go work in a church because that's what would make a difference because that's what's really important. When I was 40, I finally heard, no, my job in 
my administrative skills and my technical skills that matter to God. So God started to show me a pattern and, and he laid it on my life. And I've seen it. Other ministries come up exact same thing. When we want to put our faith into action in the workplace, the first thing we need to do is start to pray for the people that we work alongside by name each and every day, not pray with them, but pray for them. Because when we pray for other people by name each and every day, God starts to shape our heart to see them the way he sees those people. And then we encourage people to look for ways to befriend people outside of the workplace, look for ways to serve people over and above what they're required to do inside of the workplace, and then look for ways to pray with people when you notice they're having a rough day. When, when you work with somebody every day, you know what their regular demeanor is. You know what, they, what their normal actions are like. When they come in and they're not the same, like if I came in and I was... Oh, bother. You know, do the whole Eeyore thing. I don't know if everybody in Australia knows about Eeyore, but, you know, yeah, because that was a British thing. So it should have gotten down to Australia. Winnie the Pooh. Okay. So if, if I come in, somebody's going to like, Jim, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm fine. And, 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 and the answer that we as believers should have, really? You're fine? You mean like freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional? That's a line from the Italian job. Really? Are you fine? And then they stop and they'll say, no, I'm really having a tough day. This is what's going on. And when I give somebody a chance to share what's going on in their life, I then say, wow, thank you for sharing that. Can I pray with you about that right now? Because they're hurting. I've never had anybody say no. Jews, Muslim, Buddhist, atheist, nobody ever say no to me. And at the end, when I'm done praying for them, they always go, wow, that was really nice. Thank you. I can't tell you, that's happened to me a thousand times. Yeah. That's amazing. And we've had uh, Jill here who's, and I want to incorporate this comment because she speaks exactly uh, what you were talking about, both Jill and Martha. Um, Jim, uh, thanks for speaking to this today. I'm so glad uh, I've been in a church that has taught this and encourages us uh, that work is where God wants us to be. Still so many consider church work as important, but it's great that this message is coming through. Absolutely. So Jill, um, glad that that's helpful. And, and hopefully for those that are listening or watching the recording can also just have that reinforced on how important that is. I mean, all roles, are important, isn't it? To say that one role in the kingdom is is more important than the other is is quite ludicrous, isn't it? Because we're a community, a community that works together just as in business and in life itself. You know, whether you're the cleaner or the CEO, if the cleaner didn't clean, we would soon notice very quickly when that job was not being done versus the CEO. Everyone is important. You know, it's that whole, um, in scripture, there are, it's full of the conversation around the body in the body of Christ. And we all have a very important job to do. And some of them, I've been studying this lately because I've been talking to some women about, um, you know, collaboration and unity. And if we're all the body, what does that really look like? And some of our organs have to be right next to each other and they are very codependent upon each other. You know, if one is not working right, the other one doesn't work right. And then there's other parts of our body that, are, you know, my finger doesn't care quite as much about my kidney function, you know, as maybe my liver does. And so, you know, in, in that realm, but yet I still need a finger, right? And so that is the way we need to look at 
all that we do in our work. You know, we need we need pastors to teach us. We need missionaries to go places where nobody else can go. But we also need that accountant, that that um, person who does tax returns, that person who is a lawyer that pro, you know represents people that have been you know harmed in some way. We need all of those different positions to work together. And so looking at it kind of from that perspective has been kind of a new a, a, a focus for me recently. And it gives me a new perspective on we need every, we need everybody to fill those roles. Anne-Marie, this is such a hot button for me. I'm going to jump in here <laughs> because the, the church. Amen. Has, Kim says, amen. <laughs> the church has been so focused on the mouth that the mouth was the most important and maybe the feet, the mouth and the feet. We never think about the blood vessels. We never think about the tendons. We never think about the actual blood, the drops of blood. I mean, the, the, the cells of blood. When the, the whole reason we have this two-tiered mentality in the kingdom of God is because in, in, in the Roman pre-Jesus world, um, they, that's what their religious rulers were. They, they, they worshipped the religious people. And then when Constantine became a believer, he just, he kind of changed the Roman emperor worship into Jesus worship, but he still had priests and missionaries and then everybody else. And so they've always elevated the priests and the missionaries and everybody else has always felt second tier, but there's nothing in scripture that supports that at all. The pastor is uh, of the church is no more important than the janitor at a, in a building in the kingdom of God. We're all equal or on equal standing. Yeah, so important. I'd love you to to dive a little bit deeper into this particular topic because it often gets people stuck, even in business, and particularly I, I know women can get stuck with this as well, and that is comparison, looking at what other people are doing. Well, uh, Jim, Martha, you guys are great. You've been on radio before. You've got the voice. You've got the, you know, the persona to be able to do that. I can't, therefore I must be less than podcasting and having a radio show may not be how you spread the message. You might be really good one-to-one. Talk a bit more about this comparison because I think, again, even as Christians, we can admire what other people are doing. And at that same token, by doing that and feeling less than, we are negating where the Lord has caused us to have a talent and a strength. So we don't want to bury that, do we, by comparing ourselves to others? No, for sure. And, you know, it's kind of funny because we joke around around about this a little bit in the sense that Jim will say, you know, off the cuff, oh, so are you saying God made a mistake then if he didn't make you like that person, you know, and it's no, that's we don't we're not thinking that God made a mistake, but really that's what we're we're internalizing. We're saying, you know, well, I'd like to be like that person and have that, you know, what looks very glamorous or very successful when in reality, you know, the whole, um, if we were really living transparently, you may not want some of those, you know, things that we're comparing ourselves to, but it is a huge danger because God, again, God equipped each one of us differently and that's on, on purpose. My goodness, if we were all the same and equipped exactly the same and did the same things to the same level, number one, you know, you think about things like um, the Olympics, you know, years ago when they would, you know, be on a balance beam and we thought it, what they were doing a somersault and that was amazing. And now if you, if you watch any of that progression this last year, they did, they showed it and they're like, now they're doing flips and they're, you know, my goodness, because they kept on striving 
because, you know, they had that motivation. But um, I, I just think that God made each one of us uniquely and, and learning to celebrate that is important. So I'm going to address the woman issue. Not that I'm an expert in it, but I am, I've been married for 35 years, so that makes me somewhat, not really. But my point is we see a lot of, it's not just women. We see a lot of people comparing themselves against others, certainly from income, but we see a lot of women struggling with their identity as a mm-hmm. Christian working woman. They, they feel guilty. They run around with this Wonder Woman complex that we like to call. Uh, actually, T.J. Tyson wrote a book, Killing Wonder Woman. It was all about the fact that the Christian working women think they need to be the, the super mom, the super wife, and the super working woman, and they all compete, and they can't ever be perfect at all of them, and so they feel like they're failing in, failing in every area of their life, and that's just the enemy. Yeah. But one of the things that we've seen, and one of the reasons we, we wrote the book, She Works For Him, and we started the podcast, She Works For Him, is that Christian working women are the most underserved part of the body of Christ. Certainly in the United States of America. I can't speak to Australia. I've never been there. I hope I get invited one day. But... You know, it's Christian working women that they, they got a call in their life too. very few women are called to stay at home and raise kids for a lifetime. Mm. Most of them have entrepreneurial spirits or they've got these, they've got great accounting skills or they've got great CEO skills or whatever it may be. Those skills need to be put into action. Yet in the body of Christ, we've often told them, Hey, come serve in our church. Can you serve in the nursery? We don't ever, you know, they're CEOs and they lead big corporations. We never ask them to share from the stage. Where is it in the scripture that it says we should ignore the spiritual giftings of women? Mm. We should only focus on the ones for men. I'm like, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. And so my personal opinion is the reason the church is in the mess that it is worldwide is because we ignore the spiritual giftings of women. Yeah, that that is a whole other show on its own, isn't it? It, was so true. it is so true, you know. Uh, and I remember when I had young children, I had you know part time businesses, so I was juggling. We juggle a lot, don't we? I think women, we don't, um, and men too. I mean, it can it can impact both genders, but I think women we tend to be able to really hold a plaque up to say, you know, we own the space that we do it really well, not a space that we really want to do well in. But then there's a the guilt, isn't it? Well, you know, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. I, I decided years ago that I guilt is a wasted emotion. As, and what I mean by that, as soon as I see that little inkling, and as you said, it's often the enemy, I go, stop. What can I do to change this? Is there something that I can do better? Is it, do I need to go for, and ask for forgiveness for this for, from the Lord or from, you know, if there's a situation that happened so that you immediately address it and then you can intentionally move forward. And often we don't, and boundaries are so important too, isn't it? Boundaries, that word no, because we feel that we have to say yes to every single ministry and we're struggling at home to do all of those things. No is a sentence and we can do that with absolute integrity. If you can't serve on that third committee at the church, don't serve on the third committee on the church. Just say no. What do you think? No is a sentence. I like that. He's writing that one down. That's not one of mine, by the way, but it is no is a sentence. (laughs) It is. It is such a good one. And being able to, you know, we also, I think in that same tone of or focus is that we have tried to stop people from thinking that there's such a thing as balance in the sense that, um, you know, our lives are shifting the work-life balance because, you know, sometimes you have a big project at work that has to get done. Sometimes you have a sick child you need to stay home and take care of in, you know, more than what is normal. Um, And so there are times where that shifts, but always having Christ at the center of what you're doing. 
um, is is a way to look at it that isn't so, um, I'm not doing this right and I'm not doing this right. It's like, okay, if Jesus is at the center, I can keep on looking at that and I can focus on that no matter what else might be going on around. So, um, and that kind of plays into the boundaries too, because if Jesus isn't at the center of something, it's a whole lot easier to then say, no. <laughs> you know, Anne-Marie, I think it, we have, I, I, whenever I'm in a group of people talking about the faith and work, I, mean, I have to constantly say this. We've got to remember that this is all about the gospel. Jesus came to bring the good news. And it, and it wasn't, the good news was not just about eternal life with him in heaven. It was about redeeming our lives here on earth. You know, Romans 12, two talks about, you know, uh, stop copying the behavior and customs of this world and let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It's about redeeming our lives here, including our work. And we do, because when we follow, become Jesus followers, everything about us begins to change. That's the good news. We gain freedom. We gain hope. We have the ability to experience joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. Those things start to flow out of us. That's the good news. And if we, as Jesus followers, aren't living that faith out where we go to work, because there's a, there's a ministry here in the United States out of Atlanta called Work Life. And it's all about the switch, the Monday morning switch. We walk out the door, we switch our faith off. And we walk back in the door Friday night and we switch our faith back on. We celebrate Friday. We never celebrate Monday. That's what's got to change in, in our faith, in the, in the believers across the globe. And again, it may be more of a problem in the United States of America than anywhere else. But it is, we got to stop switching off our faith. Oh, absolutely. It's so important. Um, something I would love to, to touch on and ask you about this as well is that, you know, when you're thinking about faith um, and, and the kingdom of God, I mean, we pray, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and not recognizing that where we are placed, we can continue to to leverage our strengths and our talents for the glory of God um, and, and you know, bringing his kingdom to, to earth. And so sometimes I think that there are some Christians who go, well, you know, I love the Lord and and if I have an opportunity, I'll, I'll share my faith, but I'm waiting for the Lord Jesus to return. And it's like, well, you may be waiting a long time. There's still work to be done. What is that work? Where has the Lord placed you? And I think in, in business, we understand that, but I think there's some Christians who don't realize that the impact that they can make wherever they are in the world they should be doing that. And I don't want to say that to, for them to be guilty, but just to, maybe the, the enemy has has said something that, um, you know, that they're not, cannot be impactful. What do you think about that? Do you find that too with some Christians? It's kind of like, well, we just wait for the Lord to return. Oh, yeah. You know, I think it's sad that there are a lot of times it's like you just want to, they want to bury their head. And well, just, we, all, you know, we all want to just kind of bury uh, our heads. Some, some days, more than you others. You want to go out into the outback and just forget about life. You know, here <laughs> we just go to the mountains and hide the cave. But, um, but you're right. There is, there's so much here to be done. And, you know, um, whatever you said, something that you said made me think about the fact that we heard this phrase one time where somebody said, you know, if you have a job, and it is um, gives you that opportunity to have a mission field around you. It's like you're a fully funded missionary. You're getting paid to do your job in a mission field of people that don't know, may not know Jesus. Some may, some may be seeking, some may be very far away from him. Um, but taking that opportunity now, because we don't know what tomorrow holds. 
Some people, some days they're like, Lord Jesus, come quickly. You know, I think, and I get that. I, I totally get that. But at the same time, we don't have any control over what that outcome is. When, you know, every day is a new gift and using that um, for the purpose that he's given us for each day is what's really important. Yeah. And if I were going to throw in my two cents on that, which I always have two or three cents to throw around. Yes, you do. Growing up in the seventies, we were taught, you know, if you want to bring somebody to Christ, invite them to church, and let the pastor do the work. That's what we were taught. Growing up here in the States, that was such false theology. It just blows my mind today because here's the deal. We know people, the pastor's never, ever going to meet. Going to work every day, the pastor has so little exposure to pre-believers compared to us out in the workforce. It's not his job to lead everybody to Christ. It's, it's the, the, the job of the church, the four walls church, which Jesus didn't say build a four walls church. He said the church is to be a manufacturing plant to manufacture believers that are ready to go out on the line on Monday morning. When we recognize the fact that we have exposure to people who don't know Jesus and who are never going to meet Jesus unless we introduce them to Jesus, the past, it's not the pastor's job. His job is to encourage and equip us to do that job. And, and just recognizing that. Well, if you put it in the context of what we've dealt with for the last almost two years, if that were the only way people were going to ever meet Jesus, it wouldn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. You said, you know, churches are still closed down. And so it can't be that that's what it's relied upon. Now, there's importance to have, you know, spiritual leadership and teaching and things like that. And it is good to invite people to join you there, whether it's online or whatever that might be for Bible study and, and learning, but it's so much more than that. And, and to realize that my goodness, you know, there would be, there would be no advancement of the faith if we left it up to only being able to go into the church. Yeah. So true. You know, I've been going to be doing some series with uh, someone who's got a you know incredible mission in evangelism, and um, have gone you know around different countries in Africa, and have brought and has brought um, through obviously Christ many many people to to the Lord, and um, talking about you know what is the kingdom of God. I think you know sometimes we don't realize the power of Christ lives in us. You know, we, we talk. I mean, there's something. Theologies or, or some denominations that you know signs and wonders no longer happen anymore. Well, I, I'd I'd like to debate that. Come back and listen to that because I tell you what, this person when he goes around and, and does that, there are people that are getting healed from all sorts of illnesses, and we have the same power in us. And I think sometimes as Christians, we've got to realize that because for times such as now, you have the answer living inside of you, and by keeping that hidden away. And not even realizing we talked about the gifts of the spirit. I think that's another area that I would love to, to hear more about that other people don't realize. You've got the Holy Spirit living in you. There's certain gifts that have not even been activated yet because you don't even know that it's, you know, mm. kind of possible. Those conversations, I think, are exciting ones to, to have. But Jim and Martha, we've talked um, so much about um, some incredible topics, but I would love to give you an opportunity to share a little bit more about some of the incredible books that you've written. How can people find out more about the work that you're doing? All of that good stuff. 
Well, um, the, the, the short answer is iworkforhim.com is our website. I work the number four him.com. And out of that has launched many, many different um, opportunities and um, content in the form of three different podcasts. Uh, I work for him. She works for him. And I retire for him. And they really pretty much their their titles kind of explain what they are all about. And we have also launched those same names in three books that we came out with this year that God just really um, wanted us to show a collaborative project that shared the, the journey of I work for him, she works for him, and I retire for him. And there's 52 authors um, in addition to ourselves that are all a part of those books sharing about um, the, the different topics. Well, so I work for him is all about really just changing the way you think about the connection between your faith and your work. And, and it really is just a practical, tactical, factual, and biblical guide on here's what it means to put your, put your pedal to the metal, your feet on the road, you know, just put your faith into action no matter what you do. And what's really cool. So Martha and I wrote the first few chapters of each one of the books but in, uh, in the second half, we actually had a lot of ministries. We wanted to introduce people to the idea, the everyday believer to the idea of what it looks like to connect your faith to your work. But then in the second half of the book, we had 20 ministries write letters or chapters to those people. They'd say, hey, this is a ministry I would like you to connect with. And these are ministries we'd all vetted out. We spent time with on the air and we knew a lot about them. But the cool part about I work for him and I retire for him is that Martha's dad who was discipled in the early 1970s to live out his faith in his work, wrote stories of, of how God revealed to him his career and how he lived out his faith in his career and then sold his business as he retired. And then at I retire for him, he picks up on how God's been using him in the last 20 years in retirement. And so just very fun. He's a great storyteller. But the whole idea behind I retire for him is there's in the United States, there's 30 million Christ followers who are retired who are playing golf and playing tennis and sitting around watching TV and doing Scrabble or puzzles who have all this incredible wisdom who need to be investing in the next generations. And so it's really a clarion call from my heart to them going, we need you. Our world needs you. Our country needs you. Please invest your life into younger generations. And I just give some practical examples on how to do that. And then she works for him, which I only wrote just the introduction, but it was my idea. I, we, we had interviewed up a couple of years ago, uh, 500 women who, on, on the show. And we, we just reached out to all of them and said, hey, would you like to contribute your story to a book? And 40 of them responded and 20 of them wrote chapters. And all we did was say, please write your story of living out your faith as a Christian working woman. Not one of them wrote the same thing of the thing that they struggled with. And again, in each one of the books, we connect them to ministries that desperately want to connect to them. So the three books are written to the everyday believer, not to the big CEOs and business owners, although it will apply. We just see in the United States a hole in the faith and work movement. And it's in that everyday believer, the 54 million everyday believers that are going to work every day that don't have a specific ministry out there to disciple them. And the beautiful thing is, is that they're on Amazon, so the books can be done internationally, so people can purchase them. And just a fun little side note to that is that we did the audio book with every single one of the contributors reading their own chapter. 
And so it's really fun because you hear their voice, you hear their heart, their passion come out in the story that they're telling. And um, so you can find all that on Amazon. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, that would have been um, a huge undertake to to do that project. However, each of those is such incredible insights. And I agree, Jim, uh, when you say around how many people have gone through and learned so much in their life and the knowledge and wisdom that can only be gained through practical experience, just sitting there waiting to be tapped into. I mean, my goodness, that would be for some interesting conversations and I'm sure have been captured uh, in that book and audio book. There's just so many great stories and people, we've, we've, we've done a couple thousand podcasts and interviewed about 3,000 people on those and the stories we've heard, one of the favorite ones, guy that repairs air conditioning. Uh, repair, and which in South Florida, you know, air conditioning, that's like water. You need water and air conditioning to live in South Florida. And and I, he, was a, he was a former pulpit preacher, pastor. And he said to me on the live on the show, he goes, Jim, I get exposure to more pre-believers than I ever did as a pastor. I am way more of a pastor in the marketplace fixing people's air conditioners than I ever had the opportunity to be within the four walls of the church. That's what it means to live out your faith and your work. Yeah, brilliant. And of course, just list the names of those three uh, three different titles again. I work for him. She works for him. And I retire for him. Fantastic. Good, good, good. And of course, you have got quite an extensive uh, podcast network as well. If people want to check out your podcast, what's the best way for them to do that? So iworkforhim.com is how they can check out all three of the ones that we do. Uh, I work the number for him.com, but the Awaken Podcast Network is really out there and your podcast is out there already. The Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast. Awakenpodcastnetwork.com is a is a collaboration, a, a conglomeration, a, a pulling together of all of the podcasts that I could find so far worldwide that are speaking into the connection of faith and work. Uh, and I know there's more out there. I just don't know of them, but we got 138 out there, 35 of them specifically for the Christian working woman. Fantastic. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I know we've only just scratched the surface and it's a conversation that's so important. And I know that you both are going to continue to champion that. And uh, as as I will too in the, the Christian Entrepreneur Show, however, or podcast and uh, going to your awakening podcast. Uh, so again, what was that URL for people? Because there's 130 of uh, the different uh, topics and titles there that they can listen to. One more time, Jim. So it's awakenpodcastnetwork.com. Fantastic. Wonderful. One of the things that I do at the end of each show is just to finish with a word of prayer. May I do that for both of you today? That'd be fantastic. Right, let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity that we could connect uh, around the world with the technology, Father, to be able to to really glorify you and uh, share the message of how each and every one of us, no matter where you have placed us, whether it be in work, whether it be in our own business, uh, our work matters for to you and for you. And uh, when we do that to bring you glory, you're able to impact uh, through that as we we share the message, maybe overtly or covert. Father God, just we just continue to ask for a continued blessing on Jim and Martha's work. Uh, the books that they've just launched, may it get out into the hands and the ears of people who um, really need to hear that message. Father, uh, just around the world, we know in the last two years, there's been such uh, yeah challenges and uh, situations, changes of careers that has happened. And so, so many more people are, are searching for answers. And uh, we know what answer to any problem, any challenge, 
we know is Jesus. And so may we go forth uh, with the with the resources that uh, Jim and Martha have created and even our own voice and our own experience that we can share that wonderful message of hope and life uh, that we know and, and live and, and get to hang out with every single day, which of course is, is uh, Jesus. Father, so we just want to, uh, to, to commit this time to you. We honour you. We love you. And um, let this message fall on the ears of the people who need to hear that message. Thank you for the work that Jim and Martha continue to do and continue to bless them in that work. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you guys for coming on the show. We've still got people that are hanging out today uh, with us. I can see you there. Thank you for uh, for joining us on the live stream and for Jill and for Kim who who uh, contributed your comments. Please go and listen to uh, to the, the network that uh, Jim and Martha just shared and, of course, get access to the books as well. But thanks, guys, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having us. It was thanks, a pleasure. Everybody. This podcast is brought to you by theinfluencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.